You are listening to Holy Words from Holy Cross, the sermon podcast of Holy Cross Evangelical Lutheran Church in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. We hope you find these words a blessing in your daily walk with God. Please visit us on the web at www.holycrossnazareth.org or in person at 696 Johnson Road, Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Don't be all else to me, save that thou... Let us pray. Almighty and merciful God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I thank you for hearing the cry of your servant as this week moved forward. I pray that the words that will be spoken are in obedience to your will and will accomplish that which you have set for them. Please be with us, Almighty God, at this time, in this place, in this way. Amen. It will be the intent this morning to share with you four things. The first thing that I would wish to share with you is to understand a little bit of what it means to be righteous. Then to look at a biblical narrative that helps us to understand that righteousness. Then to look at the gospel and see how it relates to that very point. And then to share with you an event that happened here at Holy Cross within the last five years ago that I truly believe illustrates and helps us to understand this piece called righteousness. The understanding that I would like to place before you concerning that term comes from a person you probably heard of before. His name is Martin Luther. And as reading commentary by Martin on the book of Romans, he helps us to understand this term, righteousness. He tells us that righteousness is something that happens inwardly and outwardly. Inwardly, it happens not because of our judgment or our opinion, but when we allow ourselves to understand inwardly that we have no power, we have no strength, and whatever we do is not right in God's eyes when it comes from us inside. But it is outwardly when we are able to confess our sins inwardly, to recognize ourselves as weak people that are disobedient and revolt against him and cannot carry out his will and purpose, that puts us in a position where on the outside or outwardly, God then can look at us and say, and declare to us in his judgment that we are righteous in his sight. So that is a little lengthy explanation about the fact that we are not the ones who determine what is right. It is what 
God has determined what righteousness is. So we have to have the correct inward posture. The opposite of that are people who believe that they have it right and that God should take a closer look at them uh, and maybe even take some advice from him. Or at least the people around should take advice from them. That inwardly opinion and judgment of themselves declares to them that they are righteous in their own mind. But the outward declaration the declaring of God that you are right in his sight does not take place. You see, when we believe our works justify us in God's eyes, God does not accept those works. But when we recognize that we do not have the power and strength, and God calls us and to do that which he is asking us to do, then it is right in his sight. The person who thinks is not right. But the person who surrenders to God, to his sovereignty, to his will, that is whom God says, you are right in my sight. How do we understand that from a biblical narrative? Well, he is called the father of faith, and that is Abraham. At this time, his name is not Abraham, yet his name is Abram. He is still in Ur of the Chaldeans, which would be today modern-day Iraq. When he is called by God to leave that place, to leave his family and his kindred, and go to the land that God will show him. God tells him that he will make him a great nation, and that those who bless him will be blessed, and those who curse him will be cursed. And Abram, inwardly knowing that there is no possible way that I can travel to a foreign land, and somehow gain access and ownership to all of this land. And the promises of God also tell Abram that his descendants will be as numerous as the stars in the sky. Abraham doesn't have any children at this time. And this is how we understand inwardly Abraham knew that he was powerless to bring any of this about. But because he believed in God and went to where God was instructing him to go. It is said in the 15th chapter of Genesis verse 6. And God accredited to him as righteousness. It was because Abram trusted God and not himself. He went to a place with a promise. The only way the promise could be fulfilled is if he trusted. If he did not trust, the promise was not available. It tells us how to be right, righteous in God's eyes. Listen to the gospel for today. And see where you can see this is not being held true. Jesus enters the house along with his disciples. Now Jesus had gained incredible popularity because he was healing the sick. 
And wherever he went, large crowds gathered around him. The gospel for this morning says that when they entered the house, he and his disciples, there were so many people crowding around him, they, they couldn't even eat. But it's the next part that we may find peculiar. When his family heard of this, they went to take charge of him, scripture said this morning. Why? Because they thought Jesus was out of his mind. His family, we can see at the end of the reading for today that it was his mother and his brothers who thought he was crazy. They could not see the righteousness of God outwardly. They were only looking at their son and their brother from their inward perspective and had determined through their own judgment and through their own opinion, something's not right with him. We got to go get him. We got to help him. And not only does his family charge him in this way, now the Pharisees also put the charge against him. And they say, it is by Beelzebul that he casts out demons. I find that name interesting. You know what the, the name Beelzebul means? Lord of the flies. So the next time you're annoyed by a fly, Remember, that is the name of Satan, Beelzebul. Jesus goes on to help them understand that inwardly they are incorrect. Outwardly, he is correct because he is showing the righteousness of Almighty God, the righteous judgments of God. He goes on to explain to them very simply, how can Satan be divided against himself? If that happens, he cannot stand, he has to fall. How can a government or a group of people, a kingdom is the word that is used, how can it be divided against itself? It will fall. How can a household be divided against itself. It can, because it will fall. Jesus is communicating to them the righteousness of God is different than what they think righteousness of God is. He goes on to tell them and to give them an insight of why they can't do what he does. Because there is none of us that can tie up the strong man so that we could go into his house and take what he feels is his possessions. This is what Jesus was doing when those who were demon-possessed were brought to him or those who were being healed. He was able to tie the strong man up, the one who opposed Almighty God. And it showed forth because what Jesus did was righteous in his father's eyes. He goes on to tell us then that there's only one unforgivable sin. We should really pay close attention to that, should we not? 
one unforgivable sin. Jesus goes on to tell us what that unforgivable sin is, charging him with having an evil spirit. It is unforgivable. What we decide inwardly does not make us righteous until inwardly we say we are without power, we are without strength, we are without any ability. It is only by your grace, O Lord, by your grace alone. An unwarranted gift. There is not something given to us because we are special in who we are and what we do. Except the faith that we have been given. When we can remove our strength from ourselves and say, Almighty God, I am powerless, but you are all powerful. That faith, that absolute trust in God without any reservation is what justifies us in God's eyes and then he imputes upon us accredits to us deposits to our account if you will his righteousness not by what we have done but by what he has done so we went through three of the pieces so far a brief explanation of what righteousness is a biblical example of what and how we can see and realize that through Father Abraham, the father of faith. Because he believed even when he knew things were not possible. He was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. But when Almighty God said to him, take him to the mountain and offer him as a sacrifice, Abraham did not hesitate. He took his son, he took the instrument of sacrifice, he took the wood for the fire and set out. Because he absolutely trusted that God would be able to supply and fulfill all his promises. The event that happened in our own congregation to illustrate the power and presence of God's righteousness it was about five years ago, Polly I know was, was at that meeting. A emergency meeting was called by the leadership of the congregation of Holy Cross. And as those people came together in the meeting, it was determined that the pathway of this congregation was headed in the wrong way. And it didn't look good, there were people who were beginning to look at exodusing this congregation, leaving it and going somewhere else because they thought and seen that it was going off course. That meeting was to unify those people in leadership to say and recognize we have a problem and we need to address this problem. And the way that that problem had to be addressed is leadership had to be united. So it was said at that meeting that the pathway 
to this becoming blessed by God has to be with prayer. Well, everybody said, including the leader of that council, well, for goodness sakes, you know we're going to pray. But then a story was told to help them see and understand the pathway of prayer was important. And the story was this way. Okay, you have three children. And one of your children wants to go to Pizza Joe's. And another one of your children wants to go to Three Brothers. And another one of the children wants to go to Sal's Pizza. Where do you go? The question was asked. There was silence. Well, you can't go to any one of the three because the one will feel privileged and the other two will feel slighted. Would it not be easier if all three children agreed to go to the same restaurant? They nodded their head yes. I said, so if there are 10 people in this room, if each and every one of us at this time would take the time to offer up a prayer, how many of the prayers do you think would be alike? It would be different, right? We have different needs. We have different concerns. So the point that was being placed to them is we had to pray in a way that inwardly we knew we were in a difficult situation. And the only way that we could move forward is if God would bless it. So what was determined at that meeting was this, that every time the Lord's Prayer was prayed, each one of those people in the midst of that prayer didn't have to be allowed so everybody heard it, but would speak specific words which would show unity. And this was the part that we chose to change. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done at Holy Cross and on earth as it is in heaven. That prayer united us as a people. We weren't giving God advice. We weren't saying, well, this is what we think our problem is here. We were saying, God, we don't know what our problem is here, but you know what our problem is. Inwardly, we had to confess that we had no power. But outwardly, by asking God's will to be done at Holy Cross, as it is, as it should be on earth, as it is in heaven, we were now sending the invitation for God to give us the directive and declare what we were doing as right in his sight. Today, those four pieces, I hope, make sense to you. What is righteousness? How is it imputed, or how does God accredit to us? Through faith. The biblical example shows us with absolute certainty that we have to have the faith, the trust in God for his promises to be realized. We can see that even 
the leadership and the family of Jesus thought he was out of his mind at one time until they realized that it was their mind that was not right. And an example of how God has blessed this band of believers we call Holy Cross and took us from a deep point of despair and uncertainty and has blessed us as we move forward in our relationship with him. When we trust in God, the promises will be fulfilled. Amen. My vision, O Lord of my heart, not be all else to me save that thou art. Be thou my best thought in the day and 